Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Plan tonight. We will be joined by what I presume to be a first-round talent, offensive tackle Dalton Reisner out of Kansas State. Dalton is one of five football players in the 107-year history there at Kansas State to be voted as a team captain three times. So not only a great leader, but a great football player on the field. Uh, we'll get to learn a little bit about his backstory coming out of Wiggins, Colorado. Small-town kid. Uh, we'll talk about his days, rag-tossing kids up there in Colorado high school football, and then what it meant to play, obviously, for the legend there in Bill Snyder at Kansas State, and then get kind of what he's looking forward to uh, most at the next level in the NFL. But before we get into that interview, uh, however and wherever you guys found this podcast, please be sure to like, rate, subscribe, and review, and uh, feel free to check us out on Twitter, uh, my Twitter handle is at Brooks underscore Austin FS. And uh, you can check out all of the NFL mocks pieces that come out via Twitter at NFL mocks. Uh, feel free to check those guys out on Twitter as well. We appreciate you guys for listening. We'll get right into it with our interview with offensive tackle out of Kansas State, Dalton Reisner. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode of the NFL mocks podcast, we are joined by a future first-round pick. That's right, Dalton Reisner, offensive tackle out of Kansas State. Dalton was a three-time camp captain there at Kansas State, started 50 of 51 games, a three-time first-team All-Big 12 selection, and he was the 2018 Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year. Dalton Reisner, thanks for joining us here on the NFL Mox Podcast, brother. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, honored to be on here, man. Thank you very much. All right, Dalton. So I always like to study up on our guest here on the NFL Mox Podcast. And for athletes such as yourself, that studying obviously begins with running down your high school highlight tape. And boy, Dalton, let me tell you, this was an experience. And I have a handful of questions uh, just from <laughs> watching uh, said high school tape. Uh, and I got to have them answered. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, man, that sounds good. All right, so in your time playing football out there in Colorado, how many how many kids just after that day of facing Dalton Reisner, wherever it was, whether it was on the 12U field uh, back in the day, how many kids hung up their cleats and said, you know what, after facing that guy, I don't want no more of that punishment, man. I, don't, I ain't ready to live that life. How many guys do you make quit football out there in Colorado? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny, bro. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure, man. I don't know if I uh... – I don't know if I was making kids hang up their cleats, man. I mean, obviously that's the that's the goal, but uh, 
Hopefully I didn't have anyone uh, give up on their dream because of what I did to them on the field. Man. I'm going to tell you right now, there is a couple of those kids specifically on your high school highlight tape that I guarantee went home and said, Dad, I'm sorry. I know you want me to, but I don't want no more of that smoke, brother. I'm going to tell you, bro, it was rough. All right, so uh, next question I got for you. How did you end up playing center? Was it something you just kind of always did? Because when you look at this game tape, man, it's very, very untraditional with a, a guy your size. Uh, in there just rag-tossing people uh, from the middle of this line of scrimmage. So was that kind of designated for your talents at that point in time of your life, or was it just you, where, where you wanted to play? How'd that end up happening? Yeah, you know, I've always been the type of kid, man, I'm going to play wherever I, I need to play. I'm not going to play what I like. I'm going to play where the team needs me. And at an early age, you know, my pops coached me in Pee Wee. Uh, he started the Pee Wee program. He coached me in middle school. He coached me in high school. So I've always been, a, you know, um, you know, my dad's always been my coach, so I've always kind of been like a player's coach out there on the field, uh, kind of helping run the offense, make calls. Uh, my IQ and knowledge of the game of football, uh, I think, definitely brings me uh, and separates me from the rest, even in this draft class. So, you know, playing center was a position that really benefited my team in high school. And even going into college, I played my redshirt freshman year at mm-hmm. center. Uh, I just feel like I understand the game. I know my coaches realize that. They, they, they can see how I, I see the field and see defenses. And I love to lead guys. You know, you mentioned me being a captain. Uh, I love to lead my teammates around me. And, and center is a great position to do that. So um, fully aware that, you know, at, uh, right at 6'5", uh, that's kind of an untraditional type center. But uh, that's a position that my coaches have had me at in the past, and uh, I definitely am comfortable playing that position, man. I, I kind of like the uh, leadership and being able to uh, run the offense aspect of it. No, I made 43 career starts in college, and about 37 of them were at the center position. So I definitely can relate to all of what you're talking about. Definitely was my favorite spot uh, to play all growing up and all through my career. So the thing you did that wasn't necessarily traditional for a man your size – was play all kinds of special teams in high school. How in the hell did you convince your coach to let you play on things like punt team and kickoff and, 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 and cover <laughs> kicks and just go down there and start headhunting? <laughs> well, yeah, man, you definitely did your research. But get this, uh, from where I come, uh, I, didn't have to, I didn't get to choose. Uh, we had 17 guys on our football team. So me, being, uh, me being on punt and uh, you know kickoff and kick return, uh, that was necessary. I never came out of the game, man. Coming into college, it's like, what? I only, I'm only going to play offense. I got to rest the rest of the game. Like this is a, uh, uh, this is cake, man. So I played all, I played all positions. Uh, I played all, you know, all four quarters at all uh, offense, defense, special teams, the whole deal in high school, man. I had no choice. No, nah, I feel you. My pops comes from Stratton, Colorado, so I've got oh, a pretty. Are you kidding me, man? No, nah, man. Colorado? Yeah, wow. and I was, I was talking to him about it, you know, when I was preparing for the show. But uh, I think I got a pretty good idea, obviously, based off the fact that I've been to Stratton and, uh, you know, obviously went to a couple family reunions and out there and whatnot. Um, but exactly how small is Wiggins and what was it like growing out there, uh, growing up out there in the flatlands of Colorado? I mean, most Easterners out here, I mean, hell, when I was like 12 years old, um, my first time going out to Colorado, the funniest thing I could remember was uh, that scene in Dumb and Dumber where they're riding through what appears to be the desert they went way too far west they took a wrong turn <laughs> but one of them looks at the other and says rocky mountain hot my ass that john denver's full of shit and that's exactly what i thought about when i drove to stratton the first time from denver i was like where are these damn mountains everyone's talking about because as soon as you get outside you can't even see, you can hardly i mean you can see them off in the distance but you lived out there in the flatlands of colorado and wiggins i'm assuming what was that like Dalton? yeah man you know first off small world 
uh, that you're from Stratton. You know, I've been to Stratton several times. That's uh, pretty crazy, man. But I, uh, you know, where I come from, there's 900 to 1,000 people in the town, uh, very much like Stratton. There's no, there's no stoplights, one restaurant, one gas station, mm-hmm. uh, one, 1A football, 1A basketball, barely 11-man football. And, uh, you know, it's just a small town. And, you know, we can barely see the mountains. We're about an hour uh, east of uh, Denver, about two hours east of the mountains. So, man, it's flat land. That's about all you're going to get. And, uh, man, I'm so proud from where I come from just because, you know, I was the first one to go play uh, Division One football from there. You know, I was the first one that uh, went to the Combine and Senior Bowl. So just a lot to be proud of from where I come from, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, lo- I love the town. Not much to do, but it's definitely a farming community where – you know, I was raised uh, throwing hay bales, picking rye out of the wheat fields, building barbed wire fence. Uh, we had cattle. Uh, we had land. You know, when I got to go play football, that was a, a relief from the, from, from the work I did in the field, man. I think that's probably where that sense of, like, like you play like an absolute dog. I mean, you play to, like, every, every coach says to the echo of the whistle, but, I mean, it sounds like a cliche. It's, it's truly evident when you turn on your film, um, not just your high school tape. Obviously, it translated uh, into collegiately as well. So, my other part of my research tells me that you're one of five Reisner boys. Um, your poor parents, first of all, Dalton. Uh, secondly, uh, what's the most trouble you and the boys got into growing up? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, man, five boys. My poor mom kept trying to get a girl, and she couldn't. She just had to accept that God wanted to any, bless any her. Any girl, these- any girl, dogs, any cats in the house, anything to balance out that testosterone, <laughs> or is it just dudes? <laughs> I think mom got a girl cat at one point, but it got turned into a heck of a tomboy real quick, man. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, it's just yeah. natural, I guess. Yeah, you know, we uh, growing up, man, uh, all sorts of trouble. Man, we broke so much stuff just because we're big old rowdy boys. You know, the the smallest one out of us five is like 6'2", you know, 220 pounds or 200 pounds or whatever it is. So, the I mean, DB? We're, we're, uh, he was the safety, yeah. 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 Yeah, yes, sir. So, yeah, we, uh, you know, we're a big family. And, you know, whenever it comes to wrestling, we've went through walls. We've broken tables. We've, we've done it all. You know, I had strict parents, so obviously we weren't fist fighting or doing anything crazy. But, I mean, when you got five boys in one household, especially with how close in age we are, it was, uh, even to this day, you can't go home without being the most competitive atmosphere in the world. Man. I was about to say, a lot of food probably getting eaten in that house as well. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Grocery bills are high, brother. Most definitely. All right. So last question about young Dalton Reisner. Um, what do we have to do to get you to grow that flow back out, my man? That stuff was luscious, and I just couldn't imagine seeing it now with tatted up Dalton Reisner. I'm telling you, dude, the move now, if you're going to make a PR move, grow the locks back out, dude. You think, bro? I'm, I'm thinking, bro. The, <laughs> like you, Look, I had to cut the flow because, A, it looked terrible on me. I had no curl, no bounce to it, no wave, right? just straight and bone straight and then not to mention I kind of I immersed myself in the corporate world you can't be walking around you know the best you can do is put it up in a man bun but then you're walking around with a damn man bun on Dalton so what I had to do was ultimately cut it but look man you're about to go play a hobby for a career and a really really a well-paid hobby so damn it man grow your hair I'll do whatever you got to do I mean it's not like you got any PR uh, you know, relations to build or complications in that matter. Grow your damn hair out, man. It looked awesome. Do it again. That's my PR <laughs> well, move. I appreciate it, bro. When I got to uh, Kansas State, old school Coach Snyder made me cut it. But, you know, now that I'm done, man, uh, I got a few more tattoos in mind. I might have to, I might have to let that thing grow out, brother. I, as, long as, the, as long as the ladies don't mind, I guess I might have to do it, brother. No, I'm telling you, matching the tats with the long flow. And, I mean, oh, yeah. 
It's going to be the move. I'm telling you, Dalton, do it. And then, you know what, when you're on uh, all pro teams and all that stuff and your face is all over magazines, I'm like, you know what, I told that dude to grow his hair out. Look how much more marketable he is now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, all right, so you kind of transitioned us into it. I appreciate that. Let's get into your K-State career, man. Um, You know, in the history of Kansas State football, the entire program spans over 107 seasons, Dalton. There's only been five other three-time captains what does it mean to be called upon so early, uh, as early as your redshirt sophomore year, to be a leader on your football team? And how are you going to, you know, kind of portray that uh, into your next step in your football career? You know, it means a ton. You know, when I got voted captain as a redshirt sophomore, you know, I'm a 19-year-old kid and I have 23-year-old guys in my team uh, voting me as their captain. And that meant a ton. And, and it wasn't voted by the coaches. It wasn't about who sucks up to the coaches. It wasn't about who just puts on a front for the fans or puts on a front for the coaches. Uh, it was about true leadership because your teammates are voting it for you. You know, guys that go to war with you every day, uh, all day, at 6 a.m., uh, they see the type of guy you are on the field and off the field. And uh, getting voted by my teammates for that was huge, man. Probably one of the things I'm most proud about uh, in my career at Kansas State. And, you know, leading in the NFL, I obviously want to be a leader. Uh, I want to be a leader of my team as quick as I can, but I'm also not the type that comes in and expects to do that right away mm-hmm. because – I realize that there's veterans in this league that uh, have worked their tail off and they're the leaders and I got to come in and earn respect from my team. And uh, that's goal one. I'm not going to come in and try to take over a team leadership wise. I'm going to come in and work my tail off for my old linemen and then my offense and then the defense and then the team and then the staff and the community. And uh, once I, once I work my tail off enough, earn the respect from everyone on the team, become a vet, uh, that leadership is definitely going to play a role, man. Are you? Uh, I'm, I'm. I think I know the answer to this question based off you know your progression through Kansas State. But are you more of a kind of watch me how I work type of a leader? Or are you kind of going to get in a guy's face? What's your type of leadership, Dalton? What do you bring to an offensive line room in particular? I know that's more of our day to day habits as an offensive lineman. We deal most uh, with those nearest and dearest around us uh, in terms of that offensive line room. What type of leader are you? What are, are guys just naturally prone to follow you based off your work ethic? Or are you a vocal leader? What, what, what's that going on there? Yeah, well, I'm a big believer. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I can't stand leaders that don't lead by example. Mm-hmm. I, can't stand, I can't stand a guy that is vocal that isn't doing everything he can and showing up on time, working his tail off. So uh, goal number one, um, emphasis number one as a leader is I'm going to make sure I do what I do. And I'm going to make sure I do everything correctly. I'm, not, I'm never going to get on a teammate uh, about something that I don't do myself. So that's, that's overall Number one, uh, work ethic is huge. They want to follow someone that works his tail off. And not only works his tail off, but plays on the field and balls. Um, but I'm definitely a vocal leader, man. I'm someone that's going to tell you when you're doing something wrong. As an O-line unit, um, whenever we're on the field, it's all business. And I'm getting after my best friends. Uh, off the field, I'm also not the type that um, is the same way. I know when to turn it off, and I know when to be friends with my guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, being close on an offensive line is extremely important. You can't be you can't be Mr. Business and Mr. Asshole all the time. So uh, I know when to turn that off, and I have a great relationship with my fellow offensive linemen. But uh, definitely hold guys to a very high uh, standard when we're on the field, man. I expect a lot out of my guys. No, that's what it's all about. So I can't have a K-State football player here on the NFL Mocks podcast without asking about the legend coach Bill Snyder. So what did it mean to play for him, first of all? And uh, what does it mean to be, you know, his last class as he retires for the, well, second time? But I don't think he's coming back <laughs> this time. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I just had dinner. I just had lunch with Coach Snyder last week, sat down for a couple hours, and was able to just mix it up and ask him how he's doing. And 
it was just a, it was an honor, man. You know, Coach Snyder wasn't the the easiest coach to play for. You know, he he expected a lot out of us in terms of discipline and responsibility. Um, had some uh, very old school uh, rules that you know I appreciated so much. It sounds crazy, but um, the type of man he is and what he demands uh, out of his players is yeah. Some might look at it as crazy, but but he has a bigger picture as to. Uh, what we're going to do in life and what life's all about. And he realizes that football is going to be over someday. And he molds you into a better husband, father, son, friend, teammate. He does all that before he turns into a better football player. Uh, he, he hones in on the same things after every practice. You'd think sometimes you'd break down technique, but he's talking about the way you treat women. He's talking about drugs and alcohol. He's talking about calling your parents and your grandparents and letting them know you love them. Um, he's talking about how to be a better teammate. He was a life coach. Coach coach understood that even the Brett Favre's and the Tom Brady's of, of this world get done throwing the pigskin at some point, and who you are as a person matters. And uh, I just appreciated him so much for that, is that he wasn't all football. I think a lot of coaches, and I won't name names, are all about winning, which, trust me, we all want to win, bro. We're all competitive out mm-hmm. the male. But at the, but at the same time, uh, there's a lot of kids that, that put everything into football and – that's all they were ever taught. They're never coached up in college about anything else. And they get done. And we all know not everyone can play in the NFL. So when they don't play in the NFL, they're lost. You see guys that get depressed. You see guys that go bankrupt. You see guys that are suicidal. And on and on and on. And I think a big part of that is that they've never been, never been told anything but football. And what, yeah. I'm trying to get at is that, what I'm trying to get at is that Coach Snyder did a really good job of helping us realize that there was more to life than football, man. All right, so what was the most off-the-wall, like, old-school rule that Coach Schneider had? Because, like, the, the one I can think of that I had a coach, uh, a coaching staff in still was the no hats in the building. Like, if he ever caught you with a hat on in the building, wherever it was, the calf on campus, whether it was your damn dorm room, if he walked up on you inside of a building with a hat on, he would confiscate the hat and put it in a box. So what was the most off-the-wall, like, it was the constant rule. Every one of your teammates was like, why in the hell is he bothering us with this shit, man? What was that rule from Coach mm-hmm. Schneider? Who, what, what coach had you do that, man? I'm anxious. I'm, I'm interested. Uh, his name was Coach Kelton. Was Where his was name. that at? That was at Shorter University wow, in Rome, that Georgia. Is, uh, that is crazy, man. Uh, I was just going to say the exact same thing. You can't have an earring or a hat on in any building. Coach Schneider ever, ever sees you with an earring or a hat inside of a building, he's taking them. And I don't mean he's telling you to take it off. He's taking them. When Coach left... Um, he had drawers full of hats and earrings from over the years. I'm talking drawers full. Yeah, because you can always come get him. You can always come get him, but you got to come see him was the rule, and guys would just not want to go down there. They just wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. If you came and saw him, there's a chance that you'd get him back. Um, Some guys even went to go get him back, and he said, no, you need to wait a little bit longer. Um, But then towards the end of uh, his career this last year, there were no phones in the locker room. Mm. So, So game day, he took our phones the night before. All, no phones. Yeah. He, they came around with the basket. You couldn't have your game phone the night before game. So no one had a phone on game day. And then it started throughout practice and throughout off season that no phones were allowed in the locker room. So that's some pretty crazy stuff, man. Nah, it's old school. But, I mean, guys, <laughs> like, the number one reason guys would always get their hat taken up is because they, they'd immediately look at coach and go, damn, man, I forgot. Well, yeah. how, I can't tell you how many times in a football game you, you lose for a specific reason or someone slips an assignment or misses a block or something, and it's always just an immediate excuse of, damn, I forgot that, or damn, I didn't see that, or, you know, it's always a real quick excuse, something as simple as, 
damn, I forgot to take my hat off when I walked into the building. Um, I think that's why our coaches used to do stuff like that, Dalton. Um, because in, you know, D Ford, I, I talked about it last episode with another guy of ours that we had on the show. D Ford lining up offsides may seem like something stupid, but he's been told his whole entire life, line up offsides, the very first thing you do. And it cost him a trip to the Super Bowl. All right. So here we go, Dalton. Let's set the scene. It's spring ball, practice number 12, full pads. It's inside run drill. Let's say it's an hour into practice. So we're like, you know, 12, 13 periods in, okay? A fight breaks out during the play. Where was Dalton Reisner during this skirmish? <laughs> I was probably the one in the fight, my I man. I knew you were. That's why I had to load up this question. I knew you were the dude. You probably pushed a guy late, or even worse, he pushed you late, which means you drug him by the face mask down first. I'm sure this is the scene. Give it to me. How did it play out? <laughs> yeah, man, you know, there's been uh, there's been a ton of uh, situations of, of that going on, whether that's at Kansas State. You know, I was just at the Senior Bowl, uh, and that happened. I'm just a chippy guy. When I, when I get on the football field, I flip a switch, man. I'm out there for business. I'm not out there to make any friends. And uh, whether it's if after the play you want to shove me, I'm going to shove you right back if you're trying to get in the last shove. You know how it is when you're lining up inside drill no. and, and, you're, and you're working on each other. You know, I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to drive your ass. You're going to try to push me back. I'm going to push you back. And it just, uh, it gets rowdy, man. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go tell someone pulls me off. I'm not going to, I'm not going to half do it. You know, if we're going to get into it, we're going to get into it. And that's just kind of the, uh, the attitude I have when I get on the football field. I kind of, I turn into someone else, man. I'm not out there to make any friends. So I've been in, uh, a lot more than just one of those situations. That might be my favorite thing here said on the NFL Mox podcast. I'm here until that someone comes and takes me off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like yep. I'm gonna go at him until someone comes and gets me off. That's yeah, great. I'm not about to. I'm not about to act tough and hit him once and then back up. Like no man, I'm in this thing until. I mean, and it's not. It might take more than one to get me off of you too. So I mean, you, you better bring some boys to break up that thing. Awesome, awesome. All right. So another topic I'm sure you've heard enough about, and uh, it's the potential for a team to ask you about maybe moving inside at the next level and everyone wants to talk about that hot term of arm length so of course Dalton the first thing I did obviously I watched a handful of your games even some of your high school games but I paid close attention to the Mississippi State game in particular to see if Montez Sweat the longest defensive end uh, God could possibly create uh, to see if he gave you any issues in, in that area maybe long sticking you a couple times around the edge and I came away from that game uh, Dalton knowing that you'll absolutely do more uh, than hold your own at the next level at the edge what do you say about your chances at remaining there at offensive tackle yeah you know uh, first off I appreciate it man you know that's, that's a that's a position that I'm more than comfortable playing and you know it's, it's, it's to the point where whatever a team needs man they say, hey, you're a center and guard, you're not a tackle. I'll be a center and guard, man. That's fine with me. I think that's what I add to the game is I'm comfortable doing that. I've had some teams tell me I'm a pure right tackle, and if they draft me, then I'm going to be a right tackle for them. So I know that teams believe that I can do it. I have some teams that uh, you know, laugh when they're like, I don't know why anyone's questioning that you can play. And I've had some teams that believe I'm an interior guy. So uh, I know I'm fully capable of playing right tackle at the NFL. Um, if anyone has any questions on that, you know, I mean, I went to the Senior Bowl and I'm going against – uh, every top defensive end in the country, you know, I went against Montez 10, 15 reps at the senior game. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not being arrogant. I'm just saying, man, I, I wasn't beaten. And I, I just am fully, I'm fully confident in myself going up against guys like this. Uh, I know that that's not Khalil Mack. I know that's not Von Miller, but 
you know, I'm a confident guy. You know, as offensive lineman very well, man. You know, you're not ever going to turn down a challenge. So whatever position I find myself at, you know, I'm going to try to kick ass at it. All right. So, I mean, you've been at right tackle for over three seasons in college now. What was that original transition from center, a position that we've talked about? You played uh, majority of your career there uh, leading up to your days at Kansas State. I know I'm, from what my research tells me, it was an injury thing that happened and they kind of just needed a right tackle. And of course, in traditional fashion, you just stood up and said, I'll do it. Um, but what was that original transition like? And are you, does that, you think, make you more comfortable for the you know, potential transition of moving back inward, Dalton? Yeah, you know, uh, I played center my whole entire life, ever since I was six or seven years old. And um, my uh, offensive line coach, we had graduated, Cody Whitehair, which played for the Bears, pick 52 after 2015 season, mm-hmm. and uh, graduated some other seniors. And Tried to bring in some JUCO guys, needed some tackles, and they didn't really pan out. My offensive line coach comes up to me late July. Uh, mind you, <clears throat> this is as we're preparing to go play Stanford. Uh, Solomon Thomas, uh, top five overall pick, defensive end. Enjoy and that. Dalton, and says, Dalton, I need you to be a, a right tackle. Uh, I said, okay. He said, I'm going to watch you today in the players' ran practice. <clears throat> and uh, he came up to me after that, uh, looked me in the eye, and said, you're going to be my all-big 12 tackle this year. Uh, re- legit, that's what he said. And, you know, I gave up a Remington watch list position at center, a position I played my whole life, and um, that wasn't hard for me. You know, doing what the team needs, man, that's that's what I'm going to do at, at all times. And I could have easily made a fuss about it, uh, done bad on purpose, whatever it is. But, man, I just go out there and compete. Uh, I, you watch film. Um, I'm not going to be the guy to tell you that I have the most clean technique out of anyone in the country. Uh, but what I will tell you that I'm confident in is that no one, no one's going to compete like me, man. I'm going to compete – long past the whistle every single play and I think that's what I did at tackle and uh kind of found found myself a home there just continued to work on that the past three years and uh really really enjoyed that and the transition was a little bit uh, uh tough just in terms of uh, going from center to tackle you're dealing with a lot of different athletes but um it was a, it was a heck of a transition man I'm, I'm glad I did it yeah I was about to say you need to find uh one you know after draft day you know celebrate with your family have a good time do whatever you got to do, but go find that offensive line coach that made that transition for you because uh, it sounds like you would have ultimately been pretty reluctant to do so otherwise. Um, I think he made you a lot of money is what I'm trying to say, Dalton. Um, so make sure to take him out for a nice <laughs> dinner there. Um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, what do you think is going to be like transitioning? I mean, you're a small-town kid, right? We've already talked about that. Coming from Wiggins, Manhattan, Kansas is not necessarily the biggest place in the world either. Let's say New York, the Giants draft you there uh, at the set. You know, they get a quarterback at, at six, hypothetically, and then for some reason they come back at 17. Not for some reason. They need it. They need offensive line help. Let's say they take you there at 17. What, how do you think you'd fit in at, at such a big city like New York coming from your background in Manhattan? How do you think – uh, you know, you'll handle that. Will you be settled in? Will you be nice and comfortable? What's going on? You know, uh, more than comfortable. You know, you coming from Wiggins, Colorado, uh, Manhattan, Kansas was a huge jump. That was a big city for me. Uh, made that tradition really smooth, man. I just moved out to L.A. and trained out there for three months. Uh, a lot of people would say, well, how's that transition? Were you able to do it? And, man, listen, I love people. Um, I'm, 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 I'm okay with doing stuff like that. I, I moved out from Manhattan, Kansas to Los Angeles, California, uh, trained out there. I was driving. I was doing the whole deal, man. I loved it out there. It was great. So if I were to, you know, I've been to New York City three times. If I were to go out there to play some ball, uh, that's something I'm more than okay with. You know, I'm I'm all easily adaptable guy. I don't have to be uh, down on a country road with some acres of land uh, with some cows. You know, I could definitely be in the big city and do that type of vibe as well. So 
uh, first off, it'd be a blessing to get drafted at 17 and go to the New York Giants. And two, you know, uh, adapting to whatever city I get drafted to is definitely not a uh, an issue for me or something that I'm worried about. You know, here's my thing, Dalton. I, I got a, a fairly good estimate here that you're probably going to immerse yourself in the work anyway. So whether you're in Kansas City or whether you're in Tennessee, or whether you're in Nashville, or, you know, you know, you get my point. You're going to be so uh, concerned with uh, getting the work done and doing your job that I don't think the outside distractions are really going to be that big of a deal uh, with you. So my next question I've got for you, is there maybe an offensive scheme or maybe, a, a, you know, a design that you feel favors your game specifically? And I'll give you an example. For me, I was an undersized, but maybe over-athletic center, if you will. So I prospered in an outside zone-specific offense. Uh, so what might be more tailored towards you? Don't Please don't give me the cookie cutter. I, I work everywhere. I know you work everywhere. But if I'm going to give you to make you be the most successful you could possibly be, what's an offensive scheme that fits you best? Yeah, no doubt, man. I uh, appreciate you asking. I think uh, with the type, the type of football that I play, it's an inside-outside zone. Um, you know, of course, I'd feel comfortable doing power, but I think that where I really will be able to make my money is uh, using my length, using my uh, athleticism, using my grit for the inside-outside run game, whether that's, uh, you know, a team that really likes to hit it off the edge on C-gap and likes to bring it right back to the next play and run a dive right through the A-gap. Uh, I'm a guy that I feel like if I'm at right tackle, you know, on that island with that defensive end, I'll be able to stretch him out, run him down the line, and then turn right around and uh, run that inside zone and just drive him down the field. So uh, that's something we did a lot at Kansas State is a lot of inside-outside zone. And, um, you know, what comes with inside-outside zone is a lot of RPOs and kind of a quicker Mm -hmm. offense. And um, I'm not so sure how much of that is done at the next level in terms of uh, RPOs and quick slants and stuff like that. But that involves a lot of jump setting and guys that are good at pass pro, and that's Mm -hmm. just kind of where I feel feel like my game is more strong. I got you. I totally understand there. Um, so is there one specific type of defensive end that you may feel gives you more trouble than others? Again, I'll give you an example. Uh, mine, obviously, undersized guy, bull rush. Anybody with what I call thick in the hips, anybody that was 330 and it looked like 280 from the hips down, I know you've played these defense tackles. Those guys yeah. gave me the biggest problems, uh, especially on bull rushes. So uh, what's maybe a defensive end that, uh, you know, body type or specific type of player – that gives you your most issues? I'd say, man, I love, <laughs> I love the guys that are quick and agile and use their hands and have quick feet. That's, that's what I love. What I don't love is a guy that lines up at a four, a four-eye technique, mm. uh, weighs every bit of 290 to 300 pounds. So Solomon uh, Thomas, your first, your first assignment, basically, is what you're yeah. describing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But even a little bit bigger, like a guy that I'm thinking of is Daniel Wise from KU. I don't know if you're familiar, but he's 295 pounds. He ran a four-eye technique, so he was right down my throat. He liked to get his hands on and get extended Mm -hmm. and sit in his gap. Um, Not to say that I can't beat a guy like that, man, but like a guy that uses his strength and and sits in his gap real well and doesn't like to dance, uh, those are usually the guys that probably give me a little bit more trouble. All right, last critical question here. Uh, If you had one area of your game that you feel like needs most of your improvement this offseason, what would it be? Uh, technique, man. Uh, just overall technique. Things that, that I'll get away with in college uh, that I won't get away with at the next level. Clicking heels on pass, uh, not opening up straight out of my stance. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- hands inside, uh, not taking false steps, getting the, your steps downfield in the run game. Um, everything like that that I think uh, will really need to be cleaned up in order to really uh, do what I want to do in the NFL. 
Where's the dog come from, Dalton? Where, uh, where's that edge where you feel like you've got to bury someone 30 yards downfield? Where, where's that sense of uh, that need to do that? Where's that come from? You know, man, at an early age, when my pops was coaching me, especially in peewees, uh, he taught me that it was a job. And when you're an eight-year-old kid getting told that it's a job um, and it's not out there for fun, <laughs> that's how my dad rolled, um, you, you t- start to take the game real serious. Uh, so from two things. One, it's all business when I'm on the field. I'm out there trying to go to work, and I am not your friend. And I'm going to bury your ass as, as far down the field as I can, and then I'm going to let you know. I'm not going to help you up either. And then two, where I come from and how I've been doubted in my mind my whole life, even in this draft process, I feel like I've been doubted in certain areas. Mm-hmm. I'm, out, I'm out to prove something, bro. I'm out to prove something to all the people that didn't believe in me. And at the same time, I'm out to prove something for all those kids back home from 1A Wiggins, Colorado, that are watching me play ball, that they want something to believe in. They want someone to believe in. They want someone to do it so that they can do it. And I'm doing it for them, man. I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for all those things. So for those two reasons, man, I'm out there. uh, I have some serious passion for the game. And uh, those two things just drive me, man. Every time I think about that, it just pushes me to go harder and harder. All right, tell me a little bit what you're doing. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you're doing over there with Reisner Up, uh, your charitable foundation, and how can people go and support your work, Dalton? I appreciate you asking, man. I started the Reisner Up Foundation uh, a year ago. I decided to come back for my fifth year at Kansas State. And uh, being a three-year captain and someone that is involved in the community, I wanted a way to bring everything together that uh, I was doing at Kansas State, whether that was – Uh, Being a mentor to a kid that had cancer, um, uh, working with special needs program with Special Olympians, speaking at middle and elementary schools here in Manhattan, as well as back in Wiggins, uh, visiting the nursing home. I just wanted a way to bring all that together. And I believe that, uh, you know, I'm I'm strong in my faith. You know, I don't think that I worked hard to be six foot five, 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. I think that I think the good Lord blessed me with that size and uh, ability to be able to use uh, this football platform for good. I know a lot of athletes that are on this pedestal, and uh, I'm not talking any type of bad about them, but I don't, I'm not so sure they realize how many eyes are on them and um, what impact they can have on these kids. Because nowadays, man, kids are going to look up to you whether you're doing good or bad if you're a professional athlete. And I just want to use this platform for good. So that's kind of what I'm doing with the Rise and Rep Foundation. Uh, I have a whole mission statement. I have goals. Uh, we have great things going on. Uh, everyone can go check that out at riserup.com. Uh, there's a place to donate, and um, it's a nonprofit, so I'm not taking anything from that. It's all going back to helping other people uh, through a lot of different charitable events. So it's uh, a very exciting time for me and the foundation. Uh, my, my board of directors are my, my brothers and my parents, uh, so that's pretty special. It's a, it's a family-run foundation, and we're just excited to see where it goes, man. Dalton, how old are you? What are you, like 23? Uh, I'm, I'm 23, yes, sir. How, how are you so self – don't say yes, sir. I'm like literally maybe eight months older than you. Anyways, um, <laughs> how, how is someone your age or, for the lack of a matter, our age so self-aware and uh, so dedicated to, you know, putting smiles on other people's faces, man? Where's that come from? Where's the need and the want – not needs the wrong word. Uh, where's the want to do that to impact people's lives, man? Where's that come from? Uh, I think a couple things, man, you know, just from – uh, the way I was raised uh, from an early age, my parents instilling in me the, the way to treat other people is what matters. Uh, a lot of mentors along my journey and my offensive line coach, Coach Charlie Dickey, my head coach, Bill Snyder. Uh, I've been surrounded with a lot of people that have helped me realize um, what I'm capable of doing uh, with the sport of football and the people I'm able to impact. And, and two, 
through my faith, man, that's something that keeps me grounded. That's something that humbles me every day. Uh, compared to what Jesus did for all of us down here, I'm, I'm not even comparing. But uh, I, I just want to glorify him every chance I get, man. And I, I'm so blessed to be down here. And I, I love people. I love putting smile on people's faces. And three, when you see the impact you have, uh, man, it drives me to do, do more and more. So when I saw myself impacting lives as a freshman, um, that's where, that's where the want comes from is, mm-hmm. is, you know, I, I want to, I want to continue to see how I impact people and through in a positive way, you know, whether that be Caden, a Caden, kid named Caden Hampton, he had ALL leukemia cancer, paralyzed age two, uh, by age four was put on remission. He's six now. I've known him for over a year. When I first met him, he didn't know what football was. He didn't care. He didn't care. I was a football player. Uh, didn't play sports because, I mean, the kid's recovering from being paralyzed. He doesn't really move as well as he'd want to. Um, I go visit Caden now. Um, he looks at me, and he says he wants to be an NFL football player, and he loves sports. And, like, that to me, man, that's, that's worth it. Like, the fact that, that I helped give a kid a dream and let a kid have that type of goal despite his situation is what means the most to me. And uh, little things like that, man, just help drive me along the way. That'll give you chill bumps right there. Um, again, that's risingerup.com, guys. Go, uh, you know, anything you can give. I know uh, everything's pretty much tight around these worlds, uh, you know, financially for everyone. But, you know, five, ten bucks, you won't even know it's gone uh, to help go support things like that that Dalton's doing and impacting those around him and in his society. All right, so that'll wrap up our interview. Let's get to five under ten. It's a little something we do here on NFL Mocks. Uh Dalton, I got five questions for you. Try to answer them under 10 seconds. Be quick with. First thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. All right, number one, you've got an off day back in Wiggins, Colorado. What are you and the boys doing? <laughs> Man, we're probably working on the farm, to be honest. We're probably putting up fence, rounding up cattle, uh, working on the farm, helping each other out. There are no days off in Wiggins. That is obvious and apparent. All right. My man <laughs> said go out and put fence posts up, Man. <laughs> My man said, go out and put fence posts up. Man, if anybody's ever, like, ran a fence a hole digger, a post hole digger, that is not a day off by no stretch of the means or imagination, bro. What are you talking about? Man, I know what you mean, bro. First off, I know that you uh, you put up fence before because it is a grind, like you're saying. But, man, if I'm in Wiggins, Colorado, first off, there's not anything to do. And second off, with the friends I have, man, there's constant work that needs to be done. So we're going to be helping each other do something. Put it on the uh, Welcome to Wiggins sign. Ain't shit to do but work. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go to question number two guy you're most looking forward to playing against or maybe even with at the next level Dalton oh I love that man uh guy I, I look forward to, to playing with you know any offensive lineman but a guy like Nate Solder for the New York Giants I'd love to I had a question loaded up for him or for yeah, you about I'd him block, I'd love to block next to him man uh, block block with him on the line even and then uh two uh, going against a guy like Khalil Mack or Von Miller would be pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, pretty good agent you got over there that's rolling in with James Solder, or Nate Solder. Uh, he, did yes, pretty, he did pretty well last offseason. Uh, you know, I'm sure he comes highly regarded uh, in terms of that. That guy's obviously doing his job. All right, so number three, fill in the blank with this right here. So the team that drafts Dalton Reisner is getting blank. Oh, damn, I love it. Um, I just say uh, – Mm. I, man, I just, I just weird that come to mind, but I'm just going to say a tough ass, man. I'm just, you're going to get in a tough ass, bro. Getting a guy that's going to plug and play, uh, work his ass off for you no matter what. All right, two easy ones right here to wrap up because I know I just hit you with some hard ones. All right, so number four, 
go-to pregame song? What is it, Dalton? Ooh, man, that's crazy. I probably said, you're all going to think I'm crazy because it's country, but George Strait, man, and, and by George Strait, probably going to be true. Oh, that's a good one, man. I'm an easy come, yeah. easy go guy uh, from George Strait. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, you, gotta, you, you should already know my pops being from Stratton. Um, he was at a George Strait concert here in Atlanta just yesterday, as a matter of fact. So my childhood was composed of nothing but George Strait songs. Uh, so we've got something to bond on on that as go. well. So, uh, all right, go-to post-game meal. You just got done with a victory, just kick some ass. What are you munching down on post-game? Oh gosh, man, that's great. I'm saying it's got to be a steakhouse. So mm. whether that be pork pork chops or a big old steak, man, some crunchy asparagus, uh, a couple appetizers, some bread, uh, good, a good steakhouse, man. That's what I'm talking about. Shout out to the vegans. All right. Um, <laughs> so that is our podcast here with Dalton Reisner. Uh, look for his name early here in the first you know, I'd say 40 picks, Dalton. If you go outside of the 40 picks, I'm going to set a blaze to an NFL Network uh, set somewhere, okay? I promise you that Please right do, now. Please do, bro. Okay? Please do, man. Please do. All right, brother. Thanks so much for joining us here on the NFL Mox Podcast, Dalton. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.